Hello, my fans, friends. Welcome to the Rich Terring podcast feed, powered by ACAS Plus. Thanks to everyone who's come to see the Can I Have My Ball Back tour so far. It's been going really well. I've got a four-star review in The Standard, four-star review in The Telegraph, who once called me the worst comedy experience of the year, so that's a turnaround. Uh, people have been coming, people have really been enjoying it, and it's getting better and better. The only gigs this week are both in Pocklington, the town I was born in, near York. Uh, there's a couple of tickets left for the evening show and a few more tickets left for the matinee, I think about 4.30. But love to see you there, Yorkshire. Pop along. Check richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs to see if I'm coming near to you. There are tickets left for nearly every show in the tour. I think Norwich has sold out. Uh, and a couple of gigs in London could do with your support as well. Anyway, please listen to the podcast. Do spread the news about the podcast to your friends. Listen as much as you can. Numbers are slightly down, which may affect the future of this podcast. So just leave it playing, even if you're not in the room. Love you. <laughs> now sit back, relax and enjoy whatever it is you're going to listen to. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, welcome to a special podcast recorded at the Bristol Slapstick Festival. It's not quite the Rahalastapa Rahalastapa format. It's um, me chatting to the brilliant Tim Vine about his comedy influences and his favourite comedy clips. The clips have been edited out of this audio version, as most of them won't make any sense. But if you want to see them, head to my YouTube channel, Herring1967, and you can view them all there, As because this was filmed as well. Uh, if you like this podcast, please do support us. We've got a new website, Rahalastapa. Rahalastapa, no, just once. Rahalastapa.co.uk. Um, it's under construction at the moment, but that will be the portal to all sorts of fun stuff uh, and also if you become a monthly badger you will get access there to all sorts of wonders including those backstage interviews monthly draws special emails letting you know who the exciting guests are going to be we've got a really good one for march the 18th but i'm not telling you who it is yet um do look at my twitter feed i think that one will sell out before next week come and see these podcasts live go to richchang.com slash gigs you can see the ones we've gotten already there's loads more about to be announced uh, but warwick arts center another one in brighton on the same night we've due to popular demand the second one being sold out um i think there's one in wakefield that's up there as part of a festival but there's loads more believe me about to get announced all around the country mainly in the autumn but some before the summer so richchang.com slash gigs Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy this very funny podcast with Timothy Vine. 
Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host this afternoon, Richard Herring. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hello, Bristol. Love to be back again. I mean, I was just here this afternoon, so it's not been that long. Uh, I had a lovely, lovely time chatting to the goodies. I hope uh, if you were there, you enjoyed that. It was good, wasn't it? This is going to be great too. Um, I would just like to apologise to anyone who came to, to see this show because of the cover of Bristol Life. Um, this, this guy is not turning up. Very handsome, isn't he? Look at that. I'm thinking of just wearing this around my face. For <laughs> At one point I must have looked something like that. Imagine that. Do you fancy me now, girls? All right, I'm 50, I'm 52 this year, it's all over. As is our guest, in fact, uh, for tonight. Uh, so um, we'll crack straight on because uh, we're going to hear about his comedy choices, uh, his favourite clips. Uh, he's the king of the one-liners. He's probably best known for being Eric in Jetpack Willie. That that's, that's why we're all here today. But will you please welcome the incredible Tim Vine, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Come on in. Come on in. Sit down. Hello. Oh. Oh. I thought I'd do something visual at the top there. Oh, that's so, nice, isn't it? It's lovely. Yes. It's lovely. And you haven't played the Bristol Old Vic. Oh, you've, you've done... No, I haven't. No, I've not played here, no. Yes, it's, it's a bit... It uh, looks nice. It looks like a, uh, you've got a friendly face, sir. <laughs> no, the, the guy on next to you. Yeah. <laughs> So, we're going to talk yes. to you about your favourite comedy, but we'll talk a little bit about you first, before yes, we crack into that. And um, then you. Will we talk about you at all? We can talk about me if you like. It's, not so, it's not so interesting for today. Um, uh, I mean, you, you, until recently, held the Guinness World Record for most jokes told in an hour. Yes, yeah, certainly, uh, by recently, if you mean uh, about 2012. <laughs> yeah, um, I do. Um, well, I don't know what, how long I held that for because I held it for a bit, yeah. and then um, and then it, I, someone else got it. I, it was, I did four hundred and ninety nine jokes in an hour, and then someone else was it or was it three hundred? No, no, it's four ninety nine. And um, <clears throat> someone else got it in, uh, I think, in Australia, and then someone went on a sort of campaign, yeah, proving that this guy had in fact read it all or something. Okay, and he was stripped of the title, and so it briefly came back to me again. Yeah, and then it went to someone in India who told about six hundred jokes. Wow! In uh, I know, yeah, and, I, and I'm convinced that they didn't watch the because what you do is there wasn't no one from the Guinness Book of Records was actually at the event. I mean, they're not stupid, um, but I did. <laughs> Um, so I did the did all the jokes, and you're supposed to film it and then send them the tape. And um, we had several different people counting, and every single we had about ten people counting. They all came up with different numbers of what the jokes were. Okay. Because if you because it's hard to know sometimes yeah. what what where is the joke. <laughs> <clears throat> For example, if yeah. I say if I say so, I ate this chess set. Um, it was horrible. I took about the shop. I said about stalemate. He said, are you sure? I said, checkmate. <laughs> now, that, from your response, is one and a half jokes. But, uh, um, but that could be seen as two jokes. Well, yeah. I always thought that was one joke, but actually it could be. So that, those sorts of, of grey areas. So, so as a result, ten different numbers. So we went for a one particular number. We said the lowest number that they had, which was, was okay, 499. And we gave us the Guinness Book of Records. And very quickly, they came back and said, yeah, yeah, 499. And I thought they've not watched all of that. <laughs> 
they watched about 12 minutes of that and thought, yeah, let's just turn a word for it. <laughs> was it gutting not to get 500, just that 499? Um, well, it wasn't, because the previous, um, the previous record was 362. OK, that's pretty good. So I, by someone whose name I've always remembered from um, Estonia called Erki Kolu. <laughs> And there's the name of a stand-up comedian, if ever I heard of one. Yeah. Well, he gets, he gets one straight away. We're just, just exactly, yeah, saying yeah. his name. Yeah, yeah. That's not fair. Uh, and, uh, I mean, you, I'm very impressed with uh, anyone who can write one-liners. I, I managed to write but you about, write one-liners. I do. I write about one a year, and then I'm, I feel quite happy. As you'll know if you've seen my ten-minute set. Because <laughs> they come up a lot. In fact, I, I'll talk about it. I gave you a joke once. You gave me a joke once, which I use, and I think Did, about it every time I go in. Does it work do it. still? Yes, it, it does work. Whereas mine work for you because it was it was a joke I'd done for ages anyway I think it was an old Lee and Herring joke and I'll just do the I'll do the bit and it was just the setup and you said you came and suggested the joke which was uh, Jerry Hall had, Jerry Hall had some advice girls on how to keep your man so that's going to be worth listening to prick up your ears prick up your ears and then you said, said that's not the advice um, <laughs> when I when I write which, rude yeah. stuff I give it to someone else which, yeah. it's, <laughs> which is that right it works it really works whereas my joke like this I've got this I wrote joke. A, I wrote a joke yes, and I couldn't it's not really my kind of thing so I sent it to Tim and this is this is as best I can remember it right, my uh, my great grandfather was a fishmonger my grandfather was a fishmonger my father was a fishmonger and now I am a fishmonger I guess I've inherited the selfish gene oh, very good <laughs> Very good. And did I tell you that that was not uh, didn't work? <laughs> you did. You said you said you said you tried it and it didn't work. And that's the first time I've tried it in front of an audience. Well, <laughs> I'll be honest. I sold it to Erky Coley. <laughs> um, it's but, very uh, yes. hard. To, it's very hard to to get the the really good one. A because everyone's trying to come up with one-liners as a comedian. So a yes. lot of them are either derivative of something else or... But you shouldn't them. get hung up trying to write a good one. <laughs> okay. That's fatal. Okay. If you, I mean, that's a very depressing place to be if you're yeah. with a pad of paper thinking, I'm not, I've got to write a good one-liner. Yeah. You can't do that. There's, there's no way to live at all. No. <laughs> You've got to say to yourself, I'm going to write uh, uh, ten jokes. Yeah. And then, um, and then I'm going to uh, play darts for the other nine hours of the day. <laughs> But I mean, the thing about it is, is that if you write a joke and uh, if you write ten jokes and, and then you just try them all out, then you know maybe some of them might work and maybe yeah. some of them might not. I, I was talking to Milton Jones, as I'm sure you know, Milton Jones is a very good, uh, excellent comedian and uh, does one-liners, not entirely unlike myself. And uh, and I was saying to him that actually, in a way, the truth is, I don't know how to write a funny joke. And we're all like this comics. We don't know how to write a funny joke. Because yeah. if we did, we would do that every single time. Yes. What we do now to do is write a joke, <laughs> a, a structure of a joke. And then the rest is kind of just, you know, it's, it's up for grabs and you get surprised. That's one of the lovely things about writing new shows and stuff is that you try things out and something will totally surprise you. Yeah. Both ways, actually. You think, oh, I can't wait for this. And you tell it, and the audience go, nothing at all there. Right. Don't even realise where we're supposed to laugh at that. And then other ones, will, they'll, you'll get a really big laugh, and you think, ah, oh, great. That and one do you find that comics help each other out, as, as you helped me and I failed to help you? Did you, did you find <laughs> deliberately almost trying to sabotage your career with my joke? Um, <laughs> do you find... Because often it can just be the matter of a word, can't it? I've, I've often got a joke in my set, and I'll do it. You know, I was do, doing a show for a couple of years, and then I suddenly just changed one word in the joke, and suddenly a joke... I always thought it was quite good got the response I thought it, yeah, yeah, it yeah. was, a, it was a, not a significant word really but suddenly the joke worked yeah, do you find that tinkering helps or do you yes and sometimes I've told jokes 
literally the wrong way around. So I've uh, I've tried to been doing a joke where I thought I've been doing the setup than the punchline, and it's not been getting much. And then I've literally just told the whole thing the other way around, yeah. and then it's worked. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and and also in situations where it also hasn't worked. Yes. So so all different combinations, you know. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you've won the uh, Edinburgh Best Joke Award twice and come second twice is that right and they are they're good jokes though do you remember which jokes won and which jokes didn't win well i don't remember the the second ones because i'm not sure did I, whether I, I i don't know whether they have second place today is that a, they do have well yeah all right they're good the second place ones oh well there's some, there's some very good jokes uh, <laughs> every year as i read them but um um <clears throat> yeah so the first one was um I've just been on a once on a lifetime. No, no, I, I, sorry, I haven't. I haven't done. <laughs> Not very good at telling jokes. I can't on. tell jokes. Um, <laughs> just been never on a once in a lifetime holiday. I tell you what, never again. <laughs> Someone decided that was the best joke of the Edinburgh Fringe. Two thousand and ten, and in two thousand and fourteen, I've decided to sell my Hoover. Well, it was just collecting dust. And the second place one I liked was the one about watching DVDs with. Oh uh, yeah, well you see, interestingly. <coughs> it's funny you should say about that one. That one, and um, I had another one that was a second place one, which was multi-storey car parks. Sorry, crime in multi-storey car parks. That's wrong on so many different levels. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> but I then discovered, as we do with wordplay, this is myself, Milton Jones, Stuart Francis, and some of us, that we, you, you have to keep an eye that, on, on each other's stuff a bit. Yeah. Or at least sometimes... You, you, maybe you don't even want to keep an eye on each other stuff because yeah. it's too uncomfortable to watch them in case you go, oh, I've done that as well and we have to have a conversation and I normally have to drop it or whatever. But that one, Marley Story Carpet one, Stuart Francis was doing a different one that led to that okay, yeah. that punchline, so I stopped doing that. Okay. And the same with the back-to-back yeah. DVDs. Milton was doing something okay. similar, so I stopped doing it as well. But... I, but um, Remind me, because it's... I've, cause it's I've so doing me it, and I've my stopped. girlfriend watched four DVDs back-to-back... Luckily, I was the one facing the television. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's good. They're, they're, they're classy, you know, and I, because they're like pun, a lot of puns are often not very good and not very classy. When, in real life, you know, I mean, people are... Well, often bit, when they're they're a bit come out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and often it's... People tend to... Uh, I think there's sometimes people groan at, uh, at, at puns partly because they feel they've heard it before. Yeah. It's partly that. Because, I mean, joke, jokes mainly are about surprise. So, yeah. um, you know, so there's nothing wrong with puns per se. No. Um, well, it's but, that, I uh, think, when you can trick a comedian. Well, maybe there is. With the misdirection. It's, I mean, there's the magician thing, really, with comedy, isn't it? Is that you're misdirecting. Yeah. And I think when you can trick a comedian, which the guys you've mentioned, Booby Graffo, I think it's fantastic. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, misdirecting and even... Absolutely. And it's... And that's One of my it. early mentors, Booby really? Graffo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, ama- I, I, the comedian. first... When I was working in an office in Croydon... Um, doing the last time I had a normal job, well, a job actually, um, and uh, and I um, and I was doing an open spot at the comedy store, and I did five minutes of my silly one-liners. And Boothby was there, and he said to his management company when he was about to do a tour of student unions that he'd like me to um, support him. And so that was Same. the point at which I thought, all oh, right, okay, I was offered these thirty yeah. gigs, maybe I'll give up this office job that I don't really care that much about anyway. So that was kind of, you know, and watching him... The thing about Boothby, which is, which is brilliant, was that he would always walk on stage 
um, as though he were walking back for the encore. There was this confidence <laughs> yes. about Booth, which was just really wonderful to watch, because you just think, oh, he, just, he just would sort of swagger on, yeah. like he was coming back, having stormed it for an hour. But it was that <laughs> how he started, you know, it was brilliant. Yeah, that's interesting. It is, I mean, there's so much about confidence, mm. even if you're playing a low, a low you know, a low... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Spot. A low esteem character. That's not the right word. Uh, low status. A low status character. You know, you need the, the need the confidence, especially if you're in low state, status, really, because people are more scared. I'm doing one now. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right, but and also doing lots of silly. But normally, silly comedians are low status. Yeah, and you have to. But you're right. You have to. There has to be a certain amount of front in it. Yeah. So although it's very silly and sort of throwaway, you've got to look like you do believe it yourself. Yeah. Otherwise, the audience won't. It's, it's a little bit of a kind of tightrope. The audience, once they're all on board with the world of silly, then it's great. But, you know, if they think, mm, he, I'm not going for this, then you're in trouble. Yeah. And then you really are just a bloke reading out words, and that's terrible. <laughs> so um, I'll, I'll, we're going to... Um... We're going to uh, look at some of your your favourite well, some of your favourite choices of uh, comedy. In yes, and may I just say on the subject of the yeah. because although these are uh, the, 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 the the title is top comedy moments, yeah. they're not necessarily my top ten favourite comedy moments ever. I say that because there's two sketches in which I'm in, and I don't want you to think. <laughs> I don't want you to think that I've chosen these like the guy who went on Desert Island Disc and, and chose six of his own compositions. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's more that they mean something to me, I suppose. Good. Yeah. I thought we'd start by me choosing... And they are funny, hopefully. Me, me choosing my favourite Tim Vine comedy moments. Oh, OK. We're not going to see these, because I haven't prepped anyone with this. Right. Uh, we used to... We used, there's a couple of years where I, we, our Edinburgh Fringe shows were back-to-back, weren't there? So I saw, I yes, luckily see... I was the one facing the audience. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I did see a lot of your Edinburgh shows and, and I saw that one of the shows three or four times it was very enjoyable but my favourite Edinburgh moment of yours is when you did not come to the Edinburgh Fringe no offence <laughs> but the, one of the greatest things that's ever happened to the Edinburgh Fringe there was a year you didn't come to the Edinburgh Fringe yes. and there was a big billboard at the bottom of Cowgate which everyone walks past at some point during the festival and you mm booked that billboard did, yes. for the entire run of the festival, put a massive poster of you going and going and saying, Tim Vine is not appearing at this year's Fringe. Yes. And however much that cost you, I'm sure it's less than the price of doing an Edinburgh show. It was four grand. Was it? Well, much less than the cost of doing an Edinburgh show yeah. and got you, I'm sure, more work and more publicity than if you'd... Well, it's, yeah, I mean, it was a lot less work than getting a show together. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> And you are right. It's something that people mention to me more than, you know... Yeah, it was fantastic. And it was one of those things, you walk past it, you know, at least once a day, and it would make <laughs> you laugh every day. And, and, the, and during the Edinburgh Fringe, that is a, a, a tonic as well, because everyone, especially <laughs> comedians, are very depressed. And I think... <laughs> especially during that time. Uh, and I think one of the greatest routines that anyone has ever done on stage, and we, I, I, I would ask you to do it now, but um, it might take some time, it is Pen Behind the Ear, which... If people haven't seen it, do Google it and do watch it. It's phenomenal. I've never actually seen it live. Have you not? No, I oh, think right. I've only seen it on, on DVD. And you it's know, still... you're setting it up as though we're yeah. now suddenly going to put the music... I haven't got the music, I haven't got a box of pens. No. <laughs> you just have to imagine how great it could be. It's a man throwing pens and, and, until one of them goes behind his ear. Yeah, I throw... A, and uh, they sort of, you know, one, one eventually lands behind my ear. Yeah, game. now... 
can I can I ask some uh, behind the scenes questions about you this can, routine? I, you yes. don't have to answer. No. Do you? You must have to deliberately miss for the first three or you know first ten or twenty times, or has it ever happened that you've you've done it in one? It's there's a, there's a it's not quite as simple as deliberately missing. Um, it's more that I know it doesn't matter too much if it doesn't land yeah. early. So there's not a lot of desperate trying. But the, the problem is the, the arm gets into a bit of a muscle memory. And yeah. if, when, when you, then when you find, you know, you might, it may land and then, then fall off and it gets a big, ooh, from the audience, you know, and, and, and you think, oh, that's great. And then later on you're thinking, God, what I do for another one of those, you know. <laughs> and, you're, and you're there throwing these things and, they're, and, and sometimes you're like, not, even, not even close anymore. And then I, then I you know, I, I sometimes get worried. And, and so what's, the, what's the longest it's taken? Well, to... the piece of music is 45 seconds long. And yeah. the longest I've done is eight times around the music. <laughs> but I know it sounds ridiculous, but it actually is... Um, the, the thing that takes the pressure off is knowing that I really am not going to... I'm not going to walk away from this. Right. <laughs> so that, in that sense, you feel like, well, it's good, it will happen eventually. Yeah. So if it will happen eventually... Then what's to worry about? I mean, it's three weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it was in Australia actually that the eight eight ones because at the time I, the audience didn't really like me anyway, so it was compounded yeah. by the fact that Plus, oh, he's doing something different yeah. from his terrible jokes now. He's throwing a pen at his head <laughs> over and over again, and so and even when it landed, I think they were just they just yeah. had really had had enough of me. <laughs> Plus, you're upside down, so it must have been falling out all the time. Yes, exactly, exactly. Well, I dare, how dare you groan at me <laughs> when Tim Vine is on the stage? <laughs> right. So let's have those. Are, no, well, those are my two favourite. But the, 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 I have to say, the 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 gags uh, that you do are phenomenal. Um, so and and the and the songs and the one man show. The, 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 those are, those old Edinburgh shows, especially, uh, were, were just very inventive and had a little team of uh, gang, didn't you? When did fun. you when did you last do? Because you've stopped, stopped for a bit. I, mean, I did. I, I've only. I did um, uh, one. A couple. I did. Uh, oh, Frig, I'm fifty, which was uh, two, when we, the same year we turned fifty in 2017. Right. So I, I didn't do last year, but I've, but I've only person. done one in the last four. But I'd done all the previous eleven or twelve, and then right, wow, and then a couple of years. Well, there's a couple of years I missed at the beginning. Of the when were we this back to back? I think it was ninety four, ninety five, that sort of. Uh, ninety five. Yeah. I wasn't there. Ninety four. Okay. So you were doing the lean. You were doing the lean. Oh yeah, yeah. Lean. You got a lean to the left. Yeah, uh, etc. Yeah, but <laughs> that's why that didn't make my list of Tim yeah. Vine favourite. It was good though. Um, you got to see in context. So let's start looking. I just see where, see how we do. Yeah, no, you mean we're all right. It's okay. In fact, we're, okay. We've, we've talked for too long. It's been joy- joyful. Uh, your first clip, and this is... Yes. I'm, I'm surprised to say this, because I'm a big fan of Peter Sellers, but I've not seen The Party, and this is... Well, I thought we'd go straight in with something totally uh, non-controversial. <laughs> Peter Sellers blacked up as uh, an Indian. Yeah. Um, not something that would be that someone would do now, but P- Peter Sellers is it, this film. Apparently, the party is very funny film. If you haven't seen the party, it is absolutely brilliant. Um, but um, apparently, it was inspired by his love of silent films. Some of these things that I've chosen, I've had a, a, a little bit of in the back of my mind thinking this is a slapstick comedy yeah. festival. So I didn't want to choose ten clips of stand up. Um, so it, his love of silent films made him want to do 
something like that sort of thing. And so apparently they, they worked out quite a lot of what went on in this film, which is basically this, this guy who ends up at a party that he sh- wasn't really invited to, um, Peter Sellers, and, um, and stuff happens, which is mainly him doing great sort of physical things. This always used to make me laugh as a child. It still makes me laugh now, um, and uh, it's, uh, it's simply a, a, a moment from that party. OK, shall we have a, let's have a look at the first clip. How exciting. Very good. Yeah, were you a big fan of Peter Sellers? Yeah, very much so, yeah. And and, um, my dad, I mean, sadly, I lost my dad last year. My dad was a very big influence on all my sort of comedy growing up and stuff. And we used to love The Pink Panther and and, uh, Clouseau and um, A Shot in the Dark being a fantastic film as well. With lots of that physical stuff where, where it's really... You know, in the wrong hands, I suppose, it, it just wouldn't work, but him sort of, you know, falling over with snooker cues and yeah, stuff Steve, going on. In Steve Martin's hands, it didn't work. Well, <laughs> well, Steve Martin, well, in the jerk, it works, but... Uh, yeah, no, but, yeah, but did Clouseau, didn't he? Oh, I never saw that, actually. Oh. No, I never saw him do Bilko, either, which may be also... Uh, yes, he did. He did have make a little habit of treading on the graves of the greats. I suppose so. You're saying <laughs> let's this. Not be, let's not be mean. Let's not be mean. Uh, but but uh, no, I loved Peter Sellers, yeah. And, is it, um, it was interesting because that was, again, I, it feels like there wasn't as much uh, content in those days for a young comedy fan that things came along and, mm. the, and the, clue, the the Pink Panther films especially, which are more, more of our mm. genre would, were were like a massive deal, weren't they? Were, yeah, did, yeah. Did you go back and listen to the goons and stuff as well? Or did... yeah, oh, yeah, I love the goons, yeah. And, um, in fact, my again, my dad used to, used to often quote uh, the goons, you know, uh, three times, well, trouser champion and all that sort of thing. Um, Harry Seacombe and, and, and Spike Milligan, obviously. Just, just lots of that, just that utter madness of yeah. uh, craziness of the goons and stuff. Um, so that, that style of comedy, which, and the stuff from the goons, that sort of sense of, the comedy from the goons was is brought into the Pink Panther films by Peter Sellers um, to a degree, and um, you know I also love all those those clips from Middle Be Right in the Night when when he used to he'd be there with Diane Cannon and he'd be going um, I, I went to room and she's going a room and then she just uh, she just finding him hilariously funny she can't sort of you know oh, I can't do it I can't do it like, just you know and, it, and he's going no no you'll be fine you'll be it's just just that whole thing of him just being hilariously funny and everyone just cracking up around him the whole time yeah and he's he, a very he, funny man you know, yeah he was it, a genius wasn't he it was uh, do you remember it was one of the first times someone died that I was like you know massively into and I was quite mm. we were quite young when he died I guess we, you and I are born in the same year as I've said yeah yeah so and I was on he was hol- in a hotel wasn't he I think so yeah yeah I was on holiday in France at the time and I and I, and I kind of what sl- year was it <sighs> must have been there eight, anyone 1980 yeah, I was going to say early 80s it was 1980 1980 was that not the same year that or was it I was going to say when was John Lennon John Lennon was also yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. what a year yeah blimey crikey ah, I thought this was a co- night of comedy yeah <laughs> <laughs> who else died that year <laughs> Hattie, Hattie Jake? Jake's oh, oh fuck it was a terrible year I didn't even know we'd lost her. <laughs> well, she was great as well. Sykes. Oh god. I mean, this yeah. is why you can't you can't really make a, no, a list of just ten things. I think generally, if you're a fan of comedy, you probably like most comedians. Yeah. You know, I think that's probably probably if you you're looking for the fun and stuff, it's probably most. It's much. It'd be a much shorter list to say Tim's. 
her least favourite. <laughs> could have done that. But it's interesting, because that's an interesting thing, because I think for some comedy fans, the, your, your interests narrow, and then they, they say, I only like this person, and anyone else well, is Well, maybe they do. Well, that's not me. And, and a, lot, a lot of comedians are like that as well, I think. A lot you of think? Oh, right, yeah, I think, okay. I, you oh, know, I, I, I'm a big fan of all kinds of comedy. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think that's quite yeah. rare. Because I think a lot of comedians don't like to, not a lot, but some don't like to other people getting the laughs or don't like to laugh at other people. I think well, I, listen, you go for it. Um, <laughs> don't they? You mean? Well, I think you know, they, or they, or, or they don't even or, like to watch. Or other they're so and they know so much about it that they sit there and sort of observe it and go hmm, rather than yes, laugh. Well, you know. probably, but I'm a laughfist, and I still enjoy. Yeah, you but know. you know what? That's, it's that, the funny thing on on the, the circuit when you're doing loads of comedy clubs, isn't it? When you when you have that. Thing, of there are some acts where you just it's, you're always a punter watching them. Yeah, do you know what I mean? You watch them and, and there's some. So your your favourite ones, you watch them and you roar with laughter every time. Yeah, and then the others you can see are brilliant and you appreciate what they do, but it's, it doesn't tickle you in quite the sure. same way. But the ones who you who you love, you think, oh great, you know, Noel James is on or whatever, you yeah, know, yeah. whoever, and then you just laugh your head off, you know. Yeah, terrific. And so let's move on. I, this is a film I do know, and I was quite obsessed with this film. Presumably it's the same one. There might be two. But um, uh, Top Secret, which is yes. the Zucker brothers... Is it after Airplane or just... Is, was it the follow-up to Airplane? Well, that's a very good question, and, and there'll be people who know the answer. <laughs> it was, was after it? Airplane, wasn't it? After, yeah. was it? Do you know what I think one of the main problems with this... Uh, film is. I think it's. I think in many ways it's better than Airplane. I think Top Secret is a really dull name for it. Yeah. I think they should have come up with a better name for the film. Weirdly. Yes. Well, I remember I saw this one with my brother, which is unusually. I, I think to, I went saw it with my brother yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, with my brother. Yeah. With your brother, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he loved it. Uh, and yeah, it was. And it it was a bit of an undiscovered gem, I think. And there's there's yeah. a lot of brilliant sight gags, especially in this. Loads of great stuff. And you know the the opening scene. Do you know the film Top Secret? Of the um, you know the opening scene where there's a sort of Beach Boys style um, music video, yes, and they're, it's basically saying you know um, girls who like um, surfing and twelve bore. So it's like um, it shows all these girls running down the beach with with rifles and they're shooting things while surfing. It's a slightly yes. strange combination, but it's very funny. <laughs> um, where do you think that was filmed? <laughs> I don't. I do not know. Anyone? Western Superman, they've gone very parochial here. Oh. That's the only, that's the only bit of sea we know around here. I mean, it's an estuary, really, but it's the closest we got. If you've seen the film, I was, I was hoping you would have guessed somewhere in America. But anyway, having said Western Superman, it's no longer that interesting than it was filmed <laughs> in Newquay. <laughs> but anyhow, and it's the best bit of work. That, believe it or not, the star is Val Kilmer. Yes. It's the best thing he ever did, in my view. He's, he is brilliant in it. And um, Omar Sharif is in it. Very, very good in it as well. Hilarious. Um, Peter the, Cushing's in it. The guy who plays the sort of handsome guy from... Oh. The blonde guy is now... I bumped into him and he's now... He works as an, uh, he's a, an agent for other actors now. Who's you know, that? I, don't, I can't remember his name. But, you know, he's a nice guy. Uh, anyway, let's... Oh, no, there's no time to tell you his name because we have oh, to... Right, okay. of course I know it. We have anyway, to look at... You were, you were right to talk about sight gags. As with Airplane, lots of brilliant sight gags. Yeah. This is full of lots and lots of... And this is a point at the film when I remember just being in... You just fully into laughing at these psychos one or the other and I think this is just so clever this and brilliant I love the amount of work that has gone into this um, little um, visual trick okay 
Very good. Yeah, so I remember, you know, the whole the thing when Airplane first came out, which yeah. was the first of those type of films that, that, I, that I saw with Leslie Nielsen. <clears throat> and just all that, you know, um, don't call me Shirley stuff. I just, I just thought it was just completely up my alley, all of it. I just yeah. thought it was wonderful. Incredible. Fantastic. Did you ever see Kentucky Fried Movie, which was a slightly... Uh, no, I haven't. It was I, more of a sketch thing. It was slightly saucy. Right. There was some... I think I've seen the trailer. Yeah. It was, it was the first X film I ever saw. I saw it in a double oh. bill in the Wells Odeon. Um, in what with, year uh, would that be? That would have been... I was too young to go. I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> I was about 14. Right. Uh, and the, it was a double bill with the other Cinderella, which was a softcore porn version of oh, wow. Cinderella. And the, the, my favourite... Definitely two different lists of films people are making. <laughs> and my favourite thing... Uh, there was lots of favourite things about the other Cinderella, but uh, watching it in Wells with a, probably... A, it's a, probably like a scene in The Life of Brian where everyone had gone and saying, yes, I'm over 18, I'm over 18. <laughs> so I th- I probably a, a host, an audience of 15-year-olds. At one point, uh, just a voice at the back shouted out, Pert nipples! Uh, which... Um, <laughs> So it stayed with me to this day. That's, sure. the, that's the main thing. But uh, there's some good stuff in Kentucky Fried Movie. Yeah, I must look out for that. <laughs> you have a, do, a, do have a look. Um, they, you know, it is, those guys are incredible. And there's been so many sort of uh, bad copies of, of Airplane or attempts to do Airplane yeah, and the Zucker Brothers stuff. Some of them buy the Zucker Brothers or but themselves. Yeah, and it's a, it's, a, it's a weird thing, isn't it? Because, of, of, because films are, are supposed to be, I guess, you know, they've got to be an hour and a half kind of minimum or hour and 20 or something yeah. so at times you know it's, it's a it's a great skill to be able to make that sort of comedy have a story working as well yes because you could run out of steam quite yeah. quickly otherwise um but it really works in top secret <clears throat> and obviously in airplane i think it works in airplane too but then slightly it looks a little bit slightly less in airplane too yeah but um but i mean a lot of those films you, you can dip in and watch Ten minutes of them, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah. But was it what ones the the ones um, the the air things like um, police police squad? Yeah, I didn't really. I wasn't, Did you not? Oh, I love it. I, the TV I, series Police Squad was. Oh, it's what Police awesome. Squad. Sorry. Yeah. Oh no, I completely love Naked that. Naked Gun was. I was. The, the yeah, yeah, TV, brilliant. The, the, no, I was trying to think of the what's the Police Academy. Oh, Police Academy. Yeah, yeah where they sort of were trying to do the kind of the, that sort of the jokey thing as well, but. Um, but no, Police Squad. If you've not seen Police Squad, I mean, I'm sure you've seen all these things. But Police Squad is a, is a fantastic series. Well, they're dense. With I mean, I was talking to the goodies earlier. And I'm showing off, uh, and they, they, their, their shows were dense with jokes. But I think mm. that even more so, the Zucker Brothers stuff is so you know you you can watch it ten times and see new and things. see new things. Exactly yeah. that. Yeah. So they put little things in that, that they that they feel like you know. Uh, you almost feel like just for them. Yeah. You think, oh, look, look at that there, and all that, you know. So, yeah. Oh, I must watch yeah. Top Secret again. I've, I've missed that. So, um... But another, another one of my favourite lines from Top Secret is when he's... he's um, he, he gets a, a call, the German commandant, and he goes, uh, how is the prisoner? And he goes, well, let me know if there's any change in his condition. And he hangs up like that. And the bloke goes, how is he? He goes, he's dead. <laughs> So Sandy Powell is the next choice. Yes. Now, I don't know an enormous amount about Sandy Powell, um, but I do love the... Um, uh, he, this is him doing a, a crappy kind of um, ventriloquist uh, act. Um, it's got a huge charm of... The, of the, I mean, he's, clearly he's an extremely funny man, but uh, there's just something about this clip. I've always loved it. And, um, and I just... Th- it's him. It's just he's obviously got 
very funny bones. I think the woman in it is his wife in real life. Um, and, uh, yeah, well, watch it. You'll see what okay. I mean. It's very funny. Let's see. Oh, all right. Dad. Now tell me. Tell me, my little man. How are you this evening? That's <laughs> all right in a minute. He says he's very well. So you're very well, are you? And tell me, have you any brothers and sisters? I've got three brothers and three sisters. Here, I say, I saw your lips move there. You mind your own business. Well, I did, I was only saying. Yes, My own there, it was... flesh and blood. Now, don't, don't interfere, please. Every man to his own trail. I'm talking to my little friend. Now, tell me, sonny, was your father a soldier? Oh, no. He was a little less than good. Yes, I don't eat meat either. And when he joined the army, I'm in I said, I don't eat meat either. Meat? No. We're not talking about meat. We're talking about his father. Oh, no. Well, he said his father was a vegetarian. No, no. What he said... <laughs> Oh, I beg your pardon. I think I've given the game away. No, he, uh, he said his father was a Presbyterian. Oh, did he? I'm nearer to him than you are. Well, what's the difference between a vegetarian and a Presbyterian? Well, a vegetarian, of course, they don't eat meat. No. But his father, a Presbyterian, that's his belief. Oh, I Isn't see. And what are you? I'm a ventriloquist. That's your belief. <laughs> I love that she was just really laughing all the way through. Yes, the yeah, just yeah, they were yeah. really enjoying themselves. I enjoyed. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I, I keep meaning to look, see, you know, find out a bit more about Sandy Powell because I really don't know that much about him, really. But, but. Um, it's just very, very charming. He's just obviously a very funny man. It's, I just love that sort of. It's um, he's, he's, is that being deliberately rubbish at something, and yes. you know, it's very charming, very, very funny. Yeah, I don't know anything about Sandy Powell, so there we are. Does anyone know anything about <laughs> Sandy Powell? I know uh, he did a sketch with the ventriloquist dummy. That's all oh, uh, right. I know that much about him. Have you seen that new ventriloquist website? It's on gobbly 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 gobbly. <laughs> Oh, dear. Incidentally, yeah. when's the, there's this singing nun coming on? It says, it says <laughs> musical accompaniment, none, it says here. <laughs> oh, dearie me. Were you on Neighbours, Tim? Were you on Neighbours? Was I on Neighbours? Yeah, it says on, it says on Wikipedia you're on Neighbours. Well, I, I had a, 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 like a cameo. Did you? Yeah. Well, it, was, it wasn't even a cameo, actually, because they didn't know who I was. So... <laughs> It was like a. It was a, a part where I was just outside Lassiter's yeah. asking directions. Okay. What happened was I, I was doing the Melbourne Comedy Festival and I said to my agent, as a bit of a joke actually, see if you can get me on Neighbours. And he, <laughs> he knew someone who worked at Fremantle or something, which yeah. is connected to that. And because they got a call from 
Fremantle. I think they must have thought I was some sort of huge star that, you know, (laughs) you must put him on, whoever this guy is. So they they said, well, you know, you can either be doing your act in Lassiter's or or, uh, you can ask directions. And I said, I'd like to ask directions, please. Good. So it was the moment my uh, acting career peaked. Yeah. (laughs) Do do a lot of acting. What generation of uh, Neighbours was was that in the 2000s? Oh, I didn't recognise anybody there. No. No. uh, In fact, there were two people arguing about the newspaper. It was was like they came out of this room going, well, I told you this and I did it in American accents, weirdly. Um, (laughs) And then then I asked directions. So it's all very confusing. But it was sunny and it was magical. I thought, yeah. what am I doing here? So they didn't know who you were. You didn't know who they were. It no. might not have even been neighbours. It might just it have been, not have might just been having an argument in a bar. That's true, actually. <laughs> Let's look at your next uh, yes. clip, which is a Dean Martin roast. Yes. Now, I love Dean Martin anyway, but this isn't really about Dean Martin. This is about a guy called Foster Brooks. I don't know whether you've seen Foster Brooks. But he basically, in, in a sense, he has one... one joke and the joke is he's pretending to be drunk but it is so so funny i mean it is it's one of my favorite uh, comedy clips this would be in my top 10 ever funny uh, clips but um <clears throat> i also love the whole glamour of the 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 70s thing at one point at the very end of the clip you see um, jack klugman he was quincy sitting there laughing and um and throughout you know um uh, Dean Martin's there with the cigarette, you know, like this laughing away. And it's, I, I love that whole sort of the, the thing around it, but mostly I, it's, it's Foster Brooks who is just so, so funny, you know. Okay, well, let's have a look at that one. Our next speaker <laughs> has never met Don Rickles. Oh, that's a lucky guy. <laughs> But he, uh, he asked, especially if he could come here tonight, just to pay tribute to him. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome Mr. Foster Brooks. and gentlemen just told you. <laughs> I have never met Don Rickles. In fact, he's probably wondering what I'm do- doing here. He has never even seen... Never even seen... <laughs> he has never seen me before. never heard of me and our paths have never drawn. <laughs> However, Mr. Rickles, you and I do have an indirectly relationship. You see, I'm fooling around with your wife. Stand on. We have tried to keep this very, very discreet. So don't tell anybody, will you? 
My wife would be furious if she found out about it. Don, I really must compliment you on your spouse, Mrs. Mrs. Pickles. I say that because she's a real dilly. And I must also admit you have a very lo- a very lovely home. <laughs> Incidentally, you're out of scotch. <laughs> and if you, if you happen to think I would p- pick up some pretzels. <laughs> <laughs> I love that thing that, that uh, it reminds me a bit of um, although a totally uh, different thing Norman Collier who I could have easily have chosen a clip from as well sure. who, 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 um, who has the thing with the, the mic going off you know the, uh, 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 that thing um, which is you know it's sort of one it's such a clever thing and it's but it's one thing but it's just yeah. it's and I was lucky enough to to do a gig with him once and um and watch him doing that live and it just each time he does it it doesn't it doesn't get any less funny each time so it's you know it's great having if you could, you've got something like that in your armory yeah. where, you, know, you could just keep doing the same thing over and over again pen behind the ear that's why this, you could just be <laughs> well, pen behind the pen behind the ear guy forget everything else well i mean you have to remember that that's really there's a big cheer at the end is 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 partially relief <laughs> quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature sleep number smart beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together jd power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store and now save 50 percent on the sleep number limited edition smart bed for a limited time for jd power 2023 award information visit jdpower.com awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com hey there it's michelle norris i'm host of a podcast called your mama's kitchen when i travel i'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when i'm not at home and one of the things i love to do when i am at home is entertain and airbnb allows me to do that when i was in california recently i rented a house that had a great kitchen and when we were sitting around the table we're all thinking we're in someone else's house someone could be in all of our homes as well if you have a home but you're not always at home you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. <laughs> so let's move on. Um oh this is uh this is uh, uh someone we both know and you've worked with, uh Jim Tavray. 
Yeah, well, I chose this one partly for uh, sentimental reasons. My dad thought this was a hilarious sketch, and um, and I've thought it thought it was hilarious as well, and still do. Um, but um, I am actually in this sketch myself. Just at the very end, I walk on as the, just the back of my head. But essentially, it's uh, um, uh, Jim uh, running through ridiculous uh, um, names for places. Um, that's, sketches don't really need. Imagine a sketch show where someone had to introduce each sketch, which I'm doing. <laughs> the idea of this sketch. Exactly, yeah. The idea of this sketch is um, I mean, how to completely kill a moment. So this is from, um, this is from the sketch show that you, were, that you were in with Jim? Yes, I was. It was, it was called The Sketch Show, and um, it was on ITV. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I should have brought some pastels with me. I love painting. <laughs> you know, I suspect that he's been putting on the cough all the way through, just so... Well, no, actually, Just I have so got some pastels with me, so I will... Have a pastel during this clip. Yes, that's a good idea. That's, yeah. that's a better use of the time, I okay. agree. <laughs> <laughs> but as I say, there, there's, there, it was with, uh, the, the sketch show was with uh, myself, Lee Mack, who I eventually did uh, Not Going Out with, yep. um, Ronnie Ancona, and Karen Taylor, and Jim Tavray. So that was the five of us. And um, we did two series of it, and... It, was, uh, it did very well in Australia, actually. It didn't do much over here. It sort of sank without a trace a bit. They moved it around a bit and then just went off. But, but it was a, I, I watched this and I remember that my dad loved this. And uh, so it has that extra um, thing attached to it. But I think it's very funny. OK, let's have a look at Jim Tavry. Just have the pastels. Pass, have a pastel, quick. It's started. OK, we leave our camp here at Limpopo, following the Nanganga Road as far as the Talifu Bridge over the river Wampuli, where we'll cross into the village of Mastuto and be met by a bong-hee-hocken guy who will lead us through the chicka chicka hee hee me jungle across somebody be bar where we'll camp under the puck puck a May May Tree, <laughs> the outskirts of the Dangi Dongde Donga. At dawn next day, we take the Kakache High Kakahoodoo Doodle Trail as far as Puda de Hode Fudu Park, arriving at Fahe Bum Bum Ketateme Gorge at 1100 hours 30. <laughs> You're late, Vine. Just for you. We leave our camp here <laughs> and here. <laughs> lovely, lovely, lovely Jim Tavray, who used Jim. to do an act with a double bass. He did, if you remember. He was um, um, extremely. It was very well established on the uh, on the comedy circuit. Probably when you and I started, yeah, he was he one was. of the six formers in existence, wasn't right, he? Yeah, yeah. yeah, so he was, um, and he was always did all the you know the big clubs. Always stormed. It had a fantastic act with a double bass. Um, I mean, now is this pastor is fantastic. <laughs> he now. He now uh, I went to the sweet shop. By the way, I said, "Do you do Twix?" He said, "I'm quite good at juggling." <laughs> <clears throat> but he now, it's uh, better with a pastel in your mouth, that joke, weird, as well. yeah. You should always have a pastel in your mouth when you do that one. <coughs> I said, can you give me some dark chocolate? He gave me a curly-whirly and turned my lights off. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Jim now lives in Los Angeles, yeah. doesn't he? <coughs> and um, I'm glad to say he's in good health now because he was in a very bad um, right, car yeah. crash, wasn't he, last year or the year before. So, so it's great that he's... Uh, 
um, recovering and still doing it. He's done a great show about. Uh, yes. Yeah, so did you do? Is it that was a, that was a lot? I haven't seen it, but I've heard no, yeah. some great reviews of it. And it's, it's called uh, from deadpan to bedpan or vice versa. Yeah, yeah. something like that. And yeah. it's uh, yeah, he had he was a horrific car accident. He's very, yeah, very, very. Terrible. He's very lucky. Yeah, yeah, very. So, lucky. Uh, but we always had a, 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 me and Jim used to. I, I used to enjoy just hanging out with him anyway on the on the. During the days of filming the sketch show, he's just a very funny person to hang around with. Yeah, he's very funny. He's in Harry Potter. He, he is, isn't he? yeah. What's he playing Harry Potter? I want to say he's the bus conductor or bus driver. Anyone correct me on that? Innkeeper. Fuck you. <laughs> it's good that how one few person. people correct. It's just no. That's Lenny Henry. <laughs> The innkeeper. The innkeeper. He's the innkeeper at the gobbledygook. I don't really like Harry Potter that much, I have to say, so I'm not that much into it. I played Harry Potter Trivial Pursuits with my wife and her family. How did you They all really like Harry Potter. I've never played Trivial Pursuit where I've done so badly. (laughs) I literally knew nothing. And you you can have an entire Trivial Pursuit game on Harry Potter? Yeah, you can. Are there enough questions? Well, apparently, and they're all insane. Wow. Yeah, I haven't got any Harry Potter jokes, else this would be the moment. It would be a great moment to do it. (laughs) Want to make one up? Uh, Let's see you in action. Let's see you have a. (laughs) So, uh, so I said to Harry Potter, "Well, it's a good setup for it, isn't it? Give me. I'll I'll try and think of what to do next." Have a think during this next clip. We're, yep. gonna, we're going to now go to Bilko. Bilko. So it's, uh... Again, I was, I was raised on Bilko. My dad used to wake me at... Um, there was a particular point when it was on BBC Two, I think, at about midnight. And he used to um, wake me up and say, we're going to watch Bilko. And I had this little black and white telly next to my bed. And he'd sit on the edge of the bed. I'd sort of prop myself up like that. And kind of... I think I would probably drift off a bit because it was quite... He'd, he'd woken me up. <laughs> And he'd sit there and watch things. But I've, um, I've always uh, loved Bill Cook. I mean, there's, I mean, so many episodes. There's still episodes I haven't seen to us. I think there's 160 episodes. So I, I need to keep ploughing through the box set. Um, but one of the most famous episodes. This one probably is helped by having a little bit of an explanation. Um, if you, um, when I did slapstick festival a few years ago I, I did a whole thing about why I love Bilko and we presented two episodes and one of them was this this episode where a monkey is accidentally enrolled into the US army <laughs> so this is just a short clip from the process where the monkey is in the system and Bilko is has realized it and is panicking is trying to get stop this monkey from becoming enrolled in the, in the army which obviously would be a disaster um, and uh, he can't seem to get the whole process to stop but anyway you can see from this have a look and I, was, I knew more about Top Cat than, than Bilko Top Cat was based yeah. on well Top Cat was based on Bilko wasn't yeah. it yeah and, um, and it used to um, <coughs> excuse me um, but it used to have the titles Boss Cat didn't yes it, it did that was extra confusing, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. So it's it uh, top cat, and it was going boss cat. <laughs> As a child, you just well, I guess this is the way they do things. Um, and yeah, the whole thing was based on. And, and I think the guy playing Benny was actually the guy who played Doberman. That was it in Bilko, yeah. Okay. Oh, TC. Um. <laughs> hey, TC. That's the other one. I could do him a bit better, but. <laughs> hey, Sarge. Yeah. <laughs> and wasn't the Flintstones based on the Honeymooners? Is that the right? I, I never saw the Honeymooners. Oh, I never saw the Honeymooners. No. 
No. And what right about, about that, not comedy nerds? Oh, thanks. Oh, OK. Got one right, did I? <laughs> Who was in The Honeymooners? Um, Jackie, Jackie Gleason. Jackie Gleason. And, uh, and um, Opposite Simon <laughs> Harris, wasn't it? No, yes, good. Yeah, we didn't yeah. have it here, did we? <clears throat> so uh, let's just check. I just want to see. Yes, uh, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you've got a nice. Seventeen fifty-seven. Uh, yeah. We're going to be at seventeen fifty-eight for Larry Grayson. All right. Well, I, I can think do a, I've timed I can do it a watch joke. Okay. okay. I went to the watch shop. I said I want to buy a watch. He said analog. I said no, just the watch. <laughs> <laughs> that applause started at the back of the room, then got further away. How does that work? <laughs> Larry Grayson. Ah, now Larry Grayson. Let me. I, I wanted to include Larry Grayson because I think he is, despite the fact that he was a household name and he and and host of the Generation Game. I think he's very underrated as a comedian. I, I that, uh, when they used to do those, uh, I was in one of those lists where they have top hundred comedians on Channel yeah. Four, and Larry Grayson was not in there at all. You no. know. And, now I suppose you could argue it's. I suppose you know maybe someone like Bruce Forsyth wasn't in there as well. But Bruce Forsyth is a comedian, but he's also is so much more than that as well. But, I mean, Bruce Forsyth is a complete legend. He could be on this list as well. Um, but what I love about Larry Grayson is it's, it's just all the, it's all the looks and stuff, you know. <coughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd say I, was worried, I was worried about one of the goodies dying during the interview. I, didn't, I, thought, I thought I was safe with the relatively young Tim Vine. Oh, sorry, sorry. Sorry, everyone. The, um, but... Um, no, it, it's all the. It's all the, the. He used to do lots of that, those kind of look like that, and then just go like that, and it was just. It was just total, totally hilarious, you know. The, and apparently, he used to come up with a lot of these non sequiturs that he'd say from when he was living in, in digs, and there was a, a, a shared phone outside where he was living, and he used to hear half of conversations. Right. And um, so he used to do things where he'd, he'd look at someone in the audience randomly and he'd go, "Thank you, mother, for the rabbit." Now. <laughs> Which you know, which is just very random. You obviously heard someone say something like that on one end of a phone. But I mean, when you, it's the, just the way he he does it. Well, I, I I found it quite hard to find a a, a very specific part because there's there's so many bits. Um, so this is not so much a comedy moment, although I just love Larry Grayson. But there's I, I could you know I, there's so much of his stuff I love. You know, so I mean, how would you? It's a bit like with Tommy Cooper or something. How would you bring it down to just one moment? You know, the, the, it's in his his act in his hands is just all. It's Tommy Cooper. Yeah, yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. You know, so I do, I love Larry Grayson. For, okay, and here's a clip of him doing his thing. Oh, dear, it wears me out those steps. <laughs> oh, dear, I've gone all limp. How are you? I had a nice week. I still have to sit down. I've gone all giddy. You know. <laughs> well, I've had a lovely week for a change, but last Friday, I was lying in bed, because I'm not an early riser, you know. And I was lying in bed, thinking to myself, I wonder when they'll revive the Maid of the Mountains, and I lay there. <laughs> and then I thought... I guess I'll make myself a nice cup of tea and have a bit of Cracker Barrel. So... 
I came downstairs and I sat there and, uh, and I mean, well, about ten minutes. And there's a knock on my knocker. <laughs> well, I wasn't expecting anyone. I said, come in. Well, it was Apricot Lil with her new teeth. <laughs> so she couldn't speak for two minutes. And uh, I said, sit down. And the rattling stopped. And she said, um, she said, has Slack Alice approached you? I said, many times. She said, no, she said, about this new keep fit class. I said, I've never heard of it. Well, she, she's got a new, um... Oh, dear. She said, uh, Place is alive. She said, um... Now, why don't you go and have a do at it? She said, you know, as Slack said, you could do it, you know, a bit of keep fit. So, well, you know me. Yeah, I'll try, eh? I'll try anything once. <laughs> Twice if I like it. Yeah, I mean... There's, there's a. They've released on the network DVD. They've released. He, he did the show called the Larry Grayson Show, and there's like two series of. I don't know, there's about twenty episodes there. Right, so and he comes out at the beginning and does this sort of monologue yeah. thing at the beginning of each one. And uh, I just love it. It's fantastic. Really, really. I, I, as I say, I, there's something. It's the, the whole rhythm of it. It's, it's so original. That that whole sort of. Um, you know, he paints this little weird world and it's all very camp and it's just it's just very very funny you know? it's sort of bold as well isn't it because mm. it's, it's a there's those stand-ups who you know are, are ready with jokes and those stand-ups yeah. that in a way if you saw that written down you might go so you know it's, it's and also quite well, surreal and, and the thing the thing as was with a lot of um the the comedians that we would have seen in the 70s um 70s particularly but they're going into the 80s was a lot of those people had had been doing their acts for 25 years before they were, were properly yeah. given their own show on television. Now, I don't know about you, but I first went on television after about doing it for two years, which yeah. was really far too quick. But um, someone like Larry Grayson, his first TV appearance, he was in his 50s. Yeah. Um, and uh, so you, he had been doing this act for a very, very long time, and it, it was very finely honed. He knew that if you put a group of people in front of him, he knew exactly how to make them laugh. Yeah. You know, he would make them roar with laughter. So, so you know, you, like you say, you, if you read the thing on the page, you might think, mm, I'm not sure. Yeah. How does this... Which is, you know, one of the problems with comedy a bit, isn't it? When you're trying to get things off the ground, yes, people look at them and go, well, they hear their own voices doing the joke. Yeah. And that never works. Well, let's see, I think it's also interesting that, you know, and, and yes, similarly, me and Stu were on TV within sort of... We were 26 or 27. We'd been going for about four or five Which years. Which is great, isn't it's it? It's great, but yeah. also... I mean, it, but even now, it's even quicker than that for some people. Yeah, well, it's also it's changed exactly. a bit now. It's very much a young person's yeah, yeah. thing, whereas in the, in the past, I think it was... Uh, you, you were... I mean, the comics were, were sort of 40s and 50s, yeah. weren't they? That was yeah. the age of comedians generally were that we yes. saw on television. You know? um, and then it kind of got with the alternative thing. People got got younger, and I think he's getting younger and younger all the time. Now, you yeah. know, it's like dart players, they're getting better and better, aren't they? They're aged about 13, they're brilliant, aren't they? <laughs> it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's sort of, I think that, that point you make about the experience and working out what you're going to do and work out who you are, because mm. I think it does take a while to settle into yourself as a comedian, doesn't it, really? I think, and, and know your, and the persona is... Yeah, because there's something level. slightly, um, I think there's something tragic about being a comedian, but, but when you get a bit older... <laughs> 
Um, I don't know, there's some extra layer in there. Blimey, is he still doing it? Which you know, <laughs> sort of almost adds to the uh, yeah. humour of it. You know? Well, I think with, with me and Stuart, we stopped, we worked through our 20s basically together and stopped when we were pretty much 30. And I think we both felt, even then, it'll be funny again if we start doing it when we were 60. Mm. And two men bickering at 60 is kind of funnier than mm. two men bickering when they're 30, really. Yeah, more yeah. Common, I mean, it's more common wise, whatever, but it's... Well, maybe you should bring it back. You're not, it's, yeah. you know, yeah. another nine years. It's not too far off. <laughs> He'll never survive. Uh, so, uh, he's never... Have you seen him? Um, who's going to go first? That's the question. Well... Can't wait to laugh. Me, I think. <laughs> it might be... Um, let's move on. Another, it's another sketch show sketch. <coughs> oh, it is, isn't it? Yes. yes. Okay, now in this one... I'm in this one. Um... But this is uh, it was a sketch that Lee Matt wrote, and it's me and Lee, and we play uh, wrestlers, and it was uh, particularly based on that thing that we all was a received thing that, that that wrestling was essentially fixed, and yes. you know it was all theatre and stuff, you know. But, but whereas you know, in, in now we all know that. Whereas in the seventies, there was almost an argument about it, wasn't it? About whereas, you know, people go, "No, come on, it's all fixed." And some people go, "No, it's not. No, it really isn't." You know. But um, anyway, so that's the sketch is based around this, but but it's. Um, uh, um, I'm not saying it's one of the funniest things you've ever seen ever, but for me, I I, I enjoy watching it and it makes me laugh and, I, and it reminds me of a happy uh, time in my life. Oh, excellent. Let's have a look. <laughs> what the hell were you doing out there? What do you mean? You were supposed to be counted out in the fifth. No, 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 you were supposed to get counted out. We agreed beforehand. We did not. We said that I almost get counted out in the fourth, and then you actually get counted out. No, we didn't, you idiot. Don't call me an idiot. Or else what? I'll smack you in the face. Idiot. Right. <laughs> what did you do that for? I warned you not to call me an idiot. There's no need for that, you pillock. Oh, pillock now, is it? Yeah, pillock and idiot. Right. Let that be a lesson to you. <laughs> I think you might have got away with not saying that was you in there. I think people might not have realised. No, I, no, I had a, a luscious head of hair in those you did. days. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so no, and um, I mean, Lee wrote a, a lot of things for the sketch show, and I wrote a few things as well. But 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 um, later on, when I was in not going out, I mean, he 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 his his sort of appetite for writing and just is is incredible and just the work that he does on not going out. I mean, it's just it's I I he I always think to myself that he ought to have some sort of burnout, but he just keeps on going. He loves it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did it. you see the uh, the live episode of Christmas? Yes, I did, which I thought was brilliant. Yeah. And also, I I felt genuinely nervous for them because I thought, wow, we are really. It felt like watching when you watch the first take on the night of a record, where you, where you go, oh yes, they've done it. Great, we've got that one, you know. But you <laughs> yeah. think, well, actually, we're not going to. If it goes wrong, we're not going to stop. But it looks, uh, yeah, I don't think I could have done that. <laughs> could you have done the Element song live? That was that was a very brave. Yes, yeah, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> brave moment. Um, great. So oh, well, th- this uh, next clip uh, is uh, is a, another hero of uh, our generation, I think, mm. which is Kenny Everett. Yes. Um, Were you allowed to watch it? Because I wasn't really allowed to w- watch. 
Well, AITV to begin with. It was ITV to begin with, and then he, then he skipped across well, the news. As long as your parents weren't in the room for hot gossip... Yeah. <laughs> I think generally you sort of got away with it. But um, it was the period of time that was, that was beautiful about it was that it, there were... I don't know whether there were three channels or maybe four channels then. I'm not sure, but maybe just three then. Three, I think. Three, I think, yeah. So <coughs> you go into school the following day, and your whole class, we'd all seen the same thing. We all had seen Kenny Everett the night before, you know. And it's that... That thing, I mean, Barry Cryer, of course, who's attached to the Slapstick Comedy Festival, was right in the midst of it all, and that's, you know, a wonderful thing to... Because to, Kenny Everett was just it's just brilliant. There's just such a joie de vivre. And I used, to, I used to love the fact in the early series there wasn't sort of a laughter track or, or there wasn't even an audience, as a, a, like a big right. studio audience even. It yeah. was just like uh, like a group... It was like the, like the crew, and, you know, <laughs> like they gathered around like 15 people. Yeah. And it was just that made it all the more real, and just it was just brilliant. I loved it. Sure. Um, so again, there's so many. I've trouble with the Kenny Everett thing. I think Network are releasing all the Kenny Everett uh, uh, shows, which will be great. Um, and if they'd have <coughs> if they'd released that in time, I could have had a proper look and found uh, something. But this is one of the sketches I remember. Okay. Um, Yes. Yeah, so. so, does it need any introduction? Let's not introduce it. No, I know it's terrible. Let's let it speak for itself. Sketch introduction. We'll talk about it afterwards and see what we thought. Let's have a look. Sorry about that, sir. Just had to do the opening. <laughs> well, get on with it. Here's the first sketch. First sketch? Yes, sir. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, the thing that he used to do with Sid Snot, if you remember, Sid Snot used to have the cigarettes and he'd try and throw them into his mouth. Yes. That's a bit, uh, you know, I, probably, you know, would be something that would be, I would have received and yes. somehow come back out again as pen behind the ear. You know, this, you know um, that was, you know, it's it just brilliant. He, he was, and also it was very, it was just very, very cool as well. It wasn't quite like the other comedy that no. we'd seen up till then. So really, we all bought into it at the age we saw it, which would have been, I don't know, And it's interesting, 12. I suppose the DJ background is quite, is, it came from a different background than mm. any of the, the other people who were working on telly at that. Yeah, so yeah. So he's in comedy. Yeah, and so he was trying different things out visually and yeah. stuff as well. So it was, uh, yeah, no, it's great. And then Noel Edmonds took over the mantle of doing comedy on telly. For, Did he? For, oh, with Mr. Well, Blobby. Yeah, stuff. all that sort of stuff. I think I think I prefer Kenny Everett on balance. I think if I could do that balance now, I would agree with you. <laughs> yes. uh, well, I think Noel Edmonds would agree with you as well. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he would. Uh, <laughs> right. Well, let's move on. Uh, we've got Lauren Hardy, uh, mm. and you've chosen something from Toad in the well, Bowl. Everybody loves Lauren Hardy, and this is a, a wonderful clip. I mean, again, you, you know, just so many amazing clips. It's just it's all warm and hilarious and funny, and I love them. Okay, let's let's have a look. Very good. It's, it's hard to top them. I know it is. Really, a, yeah, yeah. It's just it's such a perfect double act in that mm. they're both so stupid. But there's a, there's a hierarchy to the stupidity. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so and yet you and you root for them and everything. It's just yeah. you know, and it, and it's um, yeah. Well, it, it's it, then it has a great nostalgia with uh, you know if if you've been brought up watching all these things, you know, then it 
and it doesn't it doesn't age either weirdly it's sort of it's still funny even yeah. though it's sort of it's black and white and it's, it's still well it's incredible I think with comedy it's very difficult I think for comedy to survive through the ages so yeah like, absolutely I mean usually ten years is enough to, mm. to you know kill off a lot of things just as tastes change yeah, so it's extraordinary that's yeah, 80 that's right, yeah. years but it's well, you know. But it's it's some things do survive, but not very much. And often you look back at something and go, "Why did people think that was funny?" I mean, I look back really? uh, for me. I look back at a lot of that that era of comedy, and you go, "Okay, you know, it's not." There's a W.C. Fields uh, film on earlier here, and you go, "Okay, you know, could have taken half an hour out of that quite comfortably." <laughs> There's some great stuff in it, but you know, with Lauren and Hardy, it always feels mm. kind of the, the freshness to it. Yeah, because no, I it's agree. the it's the characters, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, yeah. So, have you seen Stan and Ollie yet? The uh, Steve. I haven't. I'm one? definitely going to go and see it. I've heard great things about it, and yes, so I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. Have you all seen that? Yes. Oh. Thank you. There speaks the uh, lovely uh, the voice of the audience. Some of it filmed uh, down here, of course. Was it? Yeah. yeah. I think it was it here, or is it one of the other theatres? Yeah. Was it? Hmm. Mm. Oh, we're very pr- we're very proud of it down here in Bristol. You know, I said to my mum, I said, I said, I want to buy a theatre. She said, Are you having me on? I said, I'll give an audition, but I can't promise. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you. How are we doing for time? We're all right. <laughs> We're bang on. We're bang. I mean, like we're you know we could. It's eight. Well, oh, we are under. Are we? We were meant to just have started looking at that last clip, but I'm pretty pleased because we thought we'd that, come. that clip there. Yeah, 1817. Yeah, yeah. Lauren Hardy. There's another one there. We're going to chat for five minutes and then uh, hold on. The next one. There is one more clip. There is one more clip we've got to go through, <laughs> and again, slightly arrogantly. Is this slightly arrogantly? I'm in it. <laughs> But it's more of a little tribute thing to my dad, really, because, as I say, you know, I think for, for a lot of us boys, I think, you know, get a lot of our com- first, first experiences of comedy from our dad being silly or showing us various things. And uh, the first joke I was ever told in this world was told to me by, by my dad. And um, during um, uh, a show, I thought to myself, I was filming a DVD, and I thought I'd bring him up and get him to retell that joke, and I could okay. use it as a DVD extra. And lice. Good yeah, yeah. thinking. Yeah. It's heartwarming, but also commercial and economic Exactly, well both done. those things. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, it just, it, it sort of, uh, it's just my dad uh, telling a joke, and, um, but, you know, seeing as he introduced me to Bilko and all these other things, I would say without my dad, I probably wouldn't have, well, I wouldn't have the same sense of humour. So. Okay, that's lovely. Let us have a look at Tim Vine's dad and Tim Vine. Hey, I've got a good idea. Shall I get my dad up to tell a joke to you all? Yeah. What a great idea. Come on, that's a, that's a great idea. Right, that could, that could be an extra. I filmed it once before, but it'd be, be fun to do it here. Let's hear it from my dad! Here he is! Oh, the, la- the stairs over there, here. Mr. Guy Vine, ladies and gentlemen, there he is. The centre of the stage here, right. <laughs> the point about this is that my dad, the first joke I ever, ever heard was told to me by my dad, and he's now going to tell it to me. If you can remember it, can you remember it? I didn't prime you. If, I, if I'd have told you this was coming up, you would have been a nervous wreck the entire evening. So here we go. This is the first joke I ever heard. He's, look, he's keen, he's keen. <laughs> so there's three rather deaf old ladies going down the road. <laughs> Pardon? <laughs> what? Pardon, very good. Very good. Three rather deaf old ladies going down the road. The first one says, it's windy today. 
The second one said, no, it's not. It's Thursday. And the third one says, so am I. Let's go and have a cup of tea. so fearful of doing that thing is if I start off, instead of saying it's windy today, I say it's Wednesday today and it ruins the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh great, well that's good. Something good's come out of the encore, that'll be an extra. (laughs) <laughs> very nice and presumably he spent your brother's youth ringing him up and espousing insane views to him so that he could become a that's right a yeah, radio he, <laughs> yes that's right yeah yeah he, uh, yeah. he, he does look like you he, he showed looks... me Bilko but he used to wake my brother up to watch the news <laughs> yeah. yeah he does look he looks there's a, he looks a lot like your brother he does look like my brother yeah, yeah. yeah. but he was a very naturally funny man yeah. he, he used to you know when he walked past the um Sundown in the garden, he'd always look at it and goes, that was time. Yeah. <laughs> so, he, so he sort of had a natural sort of dry humour yeah. about him. And one, I'll just tell you one other thing. That one time I went into the kitchen and he was, uh, he was holding two uh, jars of yoghurt, two uh, things of yoghurt, and I said, what are you doing? He said, I can't decide which one of these yoghurts to have, the, uh, the black cherry or the uh, peach melba. He said, I know, I'll toss a coin. So he tossed a coin like that, and he looked at it and he went, oh, no, it's peach melba. <laughs> So a very funny man. So you know, I got my sense of humour from him. <laughs> I think it's nice. That's you know, the, it's that, that's guess as a comedian and getting interested in comedy. You are. I mean, I was interested in comedy straight away. It was a lot to do with my. Uh, my grandfather, I think, who right, was, right. was very influenced by Chaplin, actually. Although my other, looking at Laurel, I think my other granddad was very like Stan Laurel. But yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting how it's sort of Im- embedded in. Do you think it's innate? Do you think you would have been a comedian regardless? I mean, you can't I be don't there regardless I, of your father, because your father is why you. I don't think you. I would have. My, I, I don't think I would have. No, I just, I just, yeah. I think, I think you, that that. Um, well, I mean, there's no way of knowing, is there? But um, I think I would have just been a different person. So. Probably, I wouldn't have been a comedian. <laughs> it's difficult to say, but yeah, it is. You know, it's, it's having that love of of. of I, I think it, when I was talking to the goodies, I just sort of remembered times when you were just what, all watching the goodies as a family and all yeah, laughing. Exactly. You know, and you and it doesn't happen very much anymore. I think with the, because no, families right. don't really watch things together anymore, mm. do they? No. Well, I remember. I also remember my dad watching. Um, and, I did, and again, people who uh, aficionados will be able to tell me. The, the answer to this the, the Buster Keaton film where he's on a boat and the rudder breaks and he ends up steering with his bum in the water and I can't think what it is but I remember it was a Saturday afternoon and my dad and I we just I don't know how I was about 10 or something we just got some lunch we stuck the telly on and that was on and I just remember my dad with a little tray of food and he's just laughing I like the fact that, you, that he was the sort of person who could turn on the telly yeah. something was on and within like five minutes he's splitting his sides you know he had a very simple sort of approach to he wasn't a, a worrier my dad um so i just that that's those sorts of memories are great you know yeah great well look tim it's been lovely to talk to you thanks for battling through your well <coughs> it's been really tough but 
but we made it. Um, and uh, yeah, fantastic choices and some stuff I knew and some stuff I didn't know. So thank you for introducing me to some new thank things. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm going to be getting your dad's, uh, the DVD of the rest of your dad's act. Yes, there's a lot watching, of stuff there. Watching yeah. that. Guy Vine Live. <laughs> it's quite short, but it's brilliant. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, give a massive round of applause to Tim Vine. How fantastic. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks for listening. RichardHerring.com slash gigs. GoFasterStripe.com for all my books, downloads, all that sort of shizzle. Oh, yeah, I know all the cool words. And um, would love to see you on the, on the Can I Have My Ball Back tour if you can make it. Bye. <laughs>